If you do not wish to be prone to anger, do not feed the habit. Give it nothing which may tend to its increase. At first, keep quiet and count the days when you are not angry. I used to be angry every day, then every other day, next every two, next every three days. And if you succeed in passing 30 days, sacrifice to the gods in thanksgiving. Welcome to Stoa Conversations. My name is Caleb Ontiveros. And I'm Michael Trobler. And today, we're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions. Are they stoic? Are they something one should do? If you're going to do them, uh, how might a stoic approach it? Yeah, looking forward to it. A, f- a, fun, a fun reflection on reflecting, I guess. <laughs> Epictetus talks about you know, the faculty of reason is special because it can reflect on itself. We're going to do some reflecting on, yeah, how do you, what's the best way to plan about your year? Um, how can you do that in a stoic way? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to be talking about, you know, what's the stoic perspective on New Year's resolutions to begin with? I think you can come up with both arguments for and against. And so we'll lay those out and then we'll move on to if you're doing New Year's resolutions. How would, what's the Stoic approach to that? What sort of Stoic tips or ways to conceptualize doing that well? What does that look like? Is there anything else you wanted to, to add to that? No, you've got, you, let's jump into it. All right, cool, cool. So first, uh, let's start with the argument against New Year's resolutions. So ultimately, you know, what is this process of doing resolutions at the beginning of every year or just before, what, what have you? It's a ritualized way to reflect on and determine your purposes, your goals, you know, every year. So people, you know, traditionally they sit back and think, I'm going to start going to the gym, I'm going to start eating better, I'm going to start being kinder, perhaps going to be more courageous. What does that look like? You set up these sorts of goals, you do that at the end of the year, and then ideally sketch out some plans about how, how you're going to get there, how you're going to achieve your goals become the person that you've resolved to be every uh, new year. And of course, there's all this, maybe at least there's some amount of skepticism about how often New Year's resolutions actually are, become yearly ordeals. as traditionally a spike in many improvement industries, whether it's fitness or mental wellness, what have you, on you know how people, people set themselves resolutions and they don't follow through. So uh, that, you know that's what that's what they are, but I think the argument against doing New Year's resolutions isn't so much that they don't work. It's just that you know if you need to change, start now. There's no need to have some ritualized way in the future to decide how you are going to change or to set a goal for yourself. There's that Marcus Aurelius line from Meditations eight twenty two: "You could be good today." but instead you choose tomorrow. And I think there's that suspicion when you're setting a resolution in the new years, there's that question, you know, if you say, you just use a standard simple example, you want to go to the gym more often. Like why didn't you set that goal beforehand whenever you realize that was a good thing to do, which presumably is if that's the kind of goal you'd be setting in the new years right now. You know, we're recording this midway through, through December and it's probably going to be out you know, a week or so before New Year's proper. And, you know, the argument is if you have this approach where instead of using these ritualized times to reflect on how you're going to transform yourself, if you have um, uh, an approach where you handle these problems immediately, you're building yourself into someone who's, you know, improving that 1% every day. You know, maybe you don't start going to the gym immediately, but you start figuring out this is what my plan is going to be. Maybe I'll do some at home exercise to start. So, goal setting practices like new year's resolutions can be a kind of procrastination you know you know you need to improve uh your physical fitness your diet become more courageous whatever and you've decided i'm going to set that as a new year's resolution but isn't that just you know of course isn't that just a way to put off doing those things today doing whatever you need to do to you know achieve those goals right now. That's, that's the worry. And the argument is instead of setting resolutions, doing these kind of yearly reviews, 
whatever, become the kind of person who, as soon as you notice some way to improve, you take you take the right you take the action to uh, address that problem. You know, we talked about a stoic approach to procrastination recently, and the thought is just don't don't procrastinate, don't set yourself times in the future uh, where you're going to improve. Focus on improving now while you still can. I mean, obviously, I don't think we would be against any sort of goal setting, but the idea here is when you um, set your resolution around some sort of arbitrary time like New Year's, yeah, you, you might say, well, at worst, it's useless. You go to the gym for a bit and then you stop, but not even at worst, it's useless. At worst, it's harmful because it is uh, September and you're like, well, I'll start going to the gym in January. So you're actually not even... So not even the worst is that it's ineffective, but at the worst, you're, you're procrastinating, delaying, you're creating a, a kind of mental barrier or hurdle to overcome when instead, you know, jump into it right now and either build the habit right now or start learning about yourself and learn about, you know, maybe failing right now and then learning from that failure and building momentum and knowledge from practicing immediately where you're just, you're creating another reason to delay when the, the no functional reason exists, right? There's no uh, practical reason to wait until January, right? That makes sense to me. I think that's a good, I think it's a good reminder to kind of what matters is action. So act, not these resolutions to act, not these commitments to make a commitment to act. Right, right. Yeah, another way to illustrate this argument is, you know, I think it's fundamentally a kind of skepticism about the setting up some abstract system about how you're going to improve and then putting too much stock in that, where what really matters, as you just said, is whether you start acting, whether you start changing how you think, what decisions you make, and so on. So another illustration of that is there's this concept of failing with abandon. And the idea is you set yourself some goal, you want to start going to bed earlier. And you notice you've passed that time, you want to go to bed, you're watching a TV show. And there's always that temptation to think, I've missed my goal. Now I'm just going to continue binging on that TV show I'm watching. Instead of thinking, like I had set this goal for a purpose, there's a sense in which it really is some abstract thing that has no reality in it. And as soon as I realize I've missed it, then I sh- you know, if I think it's something I should be doing, I should you know, shut my laptop, go to bed, whatever. Uh, but instead, it's almost like this binary thing. You miss it or you don't. And if you miss it, then... Uh, you know, all, all everything is permitted, uh, as it were, uh, to make a, a reference quote, to our uh, existentialism conversation. Yeah, to quote Dostoevsky, if you if you stay up past midnight, now everything is permitted. Um, if you cheat on your diet, everything is permitted. Yeah. So the the picture here is if you put a stock in a system, if you if you psychologically are relying on some sort of system or r- rule set or commitment as a crutch for action. When that system starts to fall apart, your ability to motivate your action will fall apart. Whereas when you're motivated by um, a strong belief or a conviction or not even motivated by it, but, but you keep your eyes on that, you have that be the goal, not adherence to, oh, I made a, uh, a New Year's resolution. Rather, you know, I, I want this kind of life for myself. And if you, if you make that the thing that, that guides action, then that still applies even if you've broken your rule, even if you uh, cheated on your diet, even if you didn't go to the gym on Tuesday, that still applies on Wednesday. And so we should be careful about committing too much to these kind of systems, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Or, or for some reason, yeah, we tend to forget that we there was a reason we decided to go to yeah, the gym exactly. on Tuesday and that, that reason's still there. Um, so, so that's the argument against things like New Year's resolutions. So the thought is, you know, you're just sort of, misframing how you're thinking about reflection and there are some serious risks with putting too much stock in ritualized reflection in particular there's this risk of becoming someone who procrastinates ignores the fact that you know you what you do you have control over what you do right now Mm -hmm. and that's where you want to limit your focus and always be improving uh, in the present so but i think you can also let's take the other side and think about how would a Stoic argue for, or someone who is influenced by Stoicism, like how can you make this argument for doing New Year's resolutions? 
it starts with just sort of a factual recognition that we're habitual creatures. We like to do things in particular order. Of course, we have our own rituals around our house, work, and so on, and get into these automatic flows. And something like a structured reminder to review, reflect on our life is useful. Otherwise, we're just going to continue, you know, pushing that ball uh, you know, up the hill without thinking about uh, what we're up. Perhaps at, at the worst case, you know, sleepwalking through life without pausing to stop. You know, this is asking, you know, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And so on. And I think you can tie that to the Stoic practice of evening reflections or morning routines. You know, Seneca has this advice in his letters that one should do an evening review. You know, at the end of every day, determine what's happened, what you did well, and then reflect on what are those moments where you acted with vice and how can you purge that from your life? How can you improve? And you know, he has he, in his letter, he talks about just when my wife goes to bed, that's sort of like a trigger for him to spend a few moments writing uh, on how his life went uh, for that day and where he's going to change in the future. And there is a sense in which if you're really motivated by the previous argument we talked about, you might say, you know, why, why do an evening review at all? Just circumscribe yourself to the present. Always be focusing on where you can improve in that very moment and only step back if that's what is required by whatever circumstance you're in. And perhaps that does work for some people, but having this structured way to step back and reflect on who you were during the day uh, provides, is, I think, a really useful exercise for people. And there's a sense in which doing New Year's resolutions uh, well is just a, uh, the same activity at a larger, larger time frame, thinking about what happened over the past year, uh, what you did well, and, and what are those things you want to improve, and taking time to seriously think through what those are can be just as an evening review is a useful thing to do. Uh, so can a doing New Year's resolutions be be useful and indeed at their best a transformative. Yeah. So there's almost this kind of Aristo argument of what do you even need to plan for? Just just do what's right in every situation as it comes along. And then this this counter argument. Well, we're flawed people. We we get into habits. We get into ruts. We get into patterns of thinking and acting. And it can be really helpful to reflect in a scheduled manner to get a, bump ourselves out of that. We do that for the Stoics recommend that in the evening. Seneca does it. You know, you have Marcus Aurelius's meditations as a kind of a journal, this active reflection. Why don't we, we can do that on a large scale, kind of an annual scale um, as well. I'm not big on, I don't personally have New Year's resolutions. I'm interested if, if that's something you do, Caleb, but I can see you know, you, you can have kind of, I guess like anything else, you could have kind of crappy ones and good ones, bad ones and, and good ones. And I think the bad one would be that procrastination that, well, it's September. I really want to get in shape, but I'm going to wait until January. And now you're just kind of betraying something that you value that you want to do earlier. You're just procrastinating and mm -hmm. it's actually harming you. But then a good one, I almost think of somebody who did a, did a New Year's resolution the year before, right? And they set these kind of annual plans and it's a time for kind of macro reflection. Did I hit my goals? If I didn't hit my goals on an annual time scale, you know, what about my pattern? What about my behavior? My patterns caused me to fail these annual goals. Was I too overly optimistic or too aggressive? Um, did I find myself, I was able to not do the actions consistently. Like I wasn't able to work out consistently, even though I was still getting to the gym. Did I just drop them because I set too strong of a target and that like is intimidating. So I did the thing you said where it's like, well, if I can't do it, I'm not going to do it at all. I think a kind of annual reflection is really valuable, but maybe an annual reflection is best almost like the evening one. What's, what's good about an evening reflection is that it's um, consistent, right? Not just, well, let's have an evening reflection when you had a bad day, but I, you, you, you get that kind of day-to-day -day feedback. And so if you, if you say, if you see pulling New Year's resolution pulled it out to a larger timescale, I feel like there'd be a value if you did that annually and you got, okay, well, looking at the goals I, I, I did last year, did I set them, did I achieve them or not? And that to me seems, yeah, immensely useful for the reasons you mentioned already. You, you, you can think of this as a fractal exercise where for each day you reflect for about 10 minutes or so, mm -hmm. what happened, what went well, what can I improve? And then for each month or every quarter, you spend a little bit longer 
reflecting. And then for every year, that's a, another period of reflection for what uh, your the next year of your life may may hold. And I think another, another and crucial point about that is it is something that's sort of built into your life as a system and your it's a larger project than merely thinking about, you know, what are some of my, what are some things I want to do next year? What are some things I want to do tomorrow? Instead, it includes that sort of evaluation, you know, what happened, what I do well, uh, what can I do better? And I think to get the most mileage out of it, there's some amount of, you know, you're practicing what uh, Bertrand Russell says is, you know, it's always a good thing to put, put a question mark next to several of your assumptions now and again. Or it says, you know, see if you're, if you're missing something at that larger scale when you're working on the, the day-to-day. Yeah, we talk in Stoicism a lot. You know, there's this idea of Socrates, the unexamined life is not worth living. And in Stoicism, there's this idea of questioning your impressions, questioning your beliefs, examining those. But practically, that's an incredibly hard thing to do across multiple beliefs, right? We need to kind of hang on to some core assumptions. You know, maybe that's like, I like my job and I'm going to work hard at it. Or socially, I'm happy with the kind of my friendships or my romantic relationships and they're in the position I want to be on. And if those are in place, then then you could work on something else. You can like work on your hobbies or you can work on, um, you know, a, a different aspect of your life if, if some of the other ones are in stasis. So you talk about putting a question mark next to beliefs. That's not something you could do all at the same time. But if you do that in a kind of a, a, maybe once a year, say, okay, is this the kind of life I want to live? Is this the role I want to take on? Am I progressing the, the way I want to progress? You can put a question mark next to those things in a real kind of reflective state that is sustainable in, a, I guess, an intense burst, but an inconsistent burst, like a, I guess, an annual burst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's well put. So I think with, with those in mind, if you, you, you want to come up with a synthesis, with, you know, with all these points in mind, if you want to come up with a synthesis of the for and against of doing New Year's resolutions, my sense is that maybe the sage doesn't make New Year's resolutions. <laughs> and to that extent, the argument against doing so is a successful one. But, and, and there's also, if you, if, but if you move to the position of a progressor, someone who's not perfect, they're making those incremental steps like we are towards improving their character, then such a, a practicing resolutions at the, at the larger scale can be a useful thing to do. So long as you keep in mind some of these warnings about not using it as a tool for procrastination, not using it as some sort of abstract system that somehow shields you from making that concrete change, whatever concrete change you need to make in, in your in your own life. So I think that's that's basically where one could land with, I think, these pro and con type arguments. And if I think once we get to chatting about, you know, suppose you're doing New Year's resolutions, how do you do it well? That position will become even even more plausible. Yeah, I agree. So let I me mean, let's jump to that. What what would a uh, what would a stoic approach to New Year's resolutions look like? Yeah. So the first is, you know, if you're thinking about New Year's resolutions, first matter is choosing your purpose. What are you resolving to do? And for the Stoics, for other Greco-Roman philosophers, the goal, ultimate goal of human life is you know, happiness. And that for the Stoics is just living the virtuous life. It's being an excellent person. And that's a central point because you're not so much thinking about starting with a you know a laundry list of specific things you'd like to do improving physical fitness some goals at work some amount of social success perhaps instead you're beginning with that question you know who am i who do i want to become and that fundamental shift uh is has has got to be what i think everyone everyone should should ask themselves 
or at least remind themselves of at the, when they're doing this, this process. Yes. It's almost like, it's like Aristotelian, right? Like going one level up instead of like, I want to exercise more. I'm using exercise because it's it's a simple example that you, that's already one level down. That's a way of becoming something. And you need to really take a, you need to take a step back and clarify, well, what, what, what kind of person do you want to be? Is that a physical goal? Is that a discipline goal? Is that uh, your conception of what a good life looks like that's informing that? And then once you have that uh, idea of the kind of person you want to be, then you can fill out the contents of what actions achieve that. But it's, it's going a step higher than most people do for their New Year's resolutions. And I think everybody's, everybody's always acting with a goal in mind. They always have an idea, but for a lot of people, it's undefined or it's not clarified what they want to mm-hmm. be. And the, the risk with that is that, A, I think is that you're getting these values from somebody else, from an external source. Like, oh, I want to be what society tells me I should be. You know, like, oh, I want to exercise because I want people to, uh, you know, think I'm attractive or in shape, but that's not something you actually care about or you don't care about the, that getting those judgments from the kind of people that you don't know, for example. Or... So there's, there's there's this risk of it, you know, you getting you you picking those up subconsciously that don't really align with your values. And then there's this other risk of I guess a kind of a kind of vagueness, really. And if it's vague, you're not always gonna pick the best way to achieve it. Um, so you might vaguely want to improve, but unless that's clarified with a specific uh specific target, you might pick uh something that's ineffective for getting there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you can also see that even so, so take the sto- stoic virtue of becoming more courageous. Yeah. In a sense that's s- still too vague. You know, what does that mean in your life? That is the kind of thing that needs to be made more concrete, I think. You know, what does the courage look like in the day-to-day? What's m- motivating that uh suggestion that one one should be more courageous specific moments uh in the past year or the you know, does that fit into what excellence in your roles would look like as, as being courageous, knowing what to avoid, what to face head on. And so I suppose, you, you know, you have these questions of how do you choose these or choose, discover, what do you think about these philosophical values at the broadest level? That's these, where the Stoics focus on virtue, living in accordance with nature and then defining those for your particular circumstance. And that's where I think one, it, it pays off to be, to be precise to, to the degree that, that you can. Yeah. Like I'm thinking, you know, maybe exercise is this, is this, is temperance, right? It's this, it's this ability to demonstrate, demonstrate self-control. But as you said, there's a lot of ways to have self-control. There's a lot of ways to dedicate your your willpower, and we're being vague here. We're 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 encouraging not to be vague, and then being vague, but that's because it the the particulars are going to come from your own life, right? Um, and you don't want to be courageous in the way that movies or you know books tell you to be courageous. Not necessarily. You want to be courageous in the ways that fit to the context of your own life, or maybe the kind of self control you need. Maybe maybe it is exercise. But maybe it's it's not, and and you need to look at your own kind of strengths and weaknesses, and your own room for improvement, and, and what's affecting you, and and focus on those in particular. You know, maybe it's maybe it's anger, for example. Um, that's 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 a type of self control that you can. That's a self control target that you can set for yourself. That's probably going to be more effective than you know doing doing a, a boot camp, depending on the kind of person you want to become. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one way that the Stoics, I think, helped us help me get more concrete on what the virtues look like in everyday life is the idea of role ethics. So you can think about, you know, what are my roles at the broadest level? We have these roles of being a human, a rational creature who is social, who needs to live with others, but getting much more specific and thinking about my role as a neighbor as a husband, as a father or mother, what have you. And then uh, 
you know, just going through that list of social relationships you happen to find yourself in, thinking about what sorts of personal characteristics you have that make your, you especially suited for, for specific roles or not. So we had a past episode on that, episode 57. I, I think that's a one way to get more precise on the virtues is to think about what are the roles I find myself in and then what does excellence look like in those roles? What are the virtues that, that matter for me? right now that I can embody even more. Yeah. So maybe getting in particular for those listening, uh, I guess there's, there's something like a telos. So there's something at like a very high level of what kind of person you want to be. Maybe that's some sort of single statement uh, or single kind of mission or idea for yourself. Um, I want to be this kind of person. And then you can write down or list the kind of roles you take on your job your relationships. So, you know, I'm a, a son, a brother, a boyfriend, um, a coworker, a training partner. And then I can reflect on what it means to do well in those, what I think good versions of those look like, and maybe some particular steps I can take to move closer towards those. And that's a way of getting to that particular, um, getting particular with your actions that fit your context. Um, in in a stoic way, which is to say, how do I become better at my roles, as you said, the ones that yeah. I've already filled? And then maybe there's another question of, are there any of these that I want to drop? Any roles I want to drop? And then are there any roles I want to take up, maybe? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, yeah. So I always find that useful. Um, there's that, that general point about thinking carefully about your telos, your purpose, and then and then sketching that out. So that's, that's I think, all right. Our first point. The the second one is when you're setting goals, targets, always being realistic and ambitious. There's that Epictetus line: if you would write, write. You know, be direct. If you are trying to improve your, uh, I don't know if you if you want to start your own business, better to take concrete steps towards making something and selling it than taking a course or something of that sort. Uh, of course, a, perhaps a course might be useful. We don't want to completely rule that out. But in general, you know, this idea of if you have a goal, get as close to it and, and you know, doing what people who are already there or people who are already excellent in whatever field that happens to be, get as close to doing what they're doing as, as you can or doing what they did when they were in your situation. So yeah, just, I think there, there's there's that point. Go ahead. It's a like any sort of course is like any sort of education. It's a guide for action. It's not a replacement for action. That's it. And I think that's ties into another thought, which is, of course, you can't get to, you know, if I'm thinking about starting a new business, I can't get to that stage where you have a, successful business in a very short period of time when always needs to be ambitious but also be realistic and i think that's important because it's a matter of building self-trust you know you want that thought that you don't make yourself hostage to external goals something you talk about a lot michael a useful example you've given before is people who tie themselves to some goal when they join a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym. You know, I want to be this belt by a specific point in time. I want to compete at this level in these in a few months. In a sense, I think that can be a useful thing to do, but there's a way to do that where you're setting yourself up for failure, especially if you don't really understand what those goals entail. So instead, thinking about setting targets that are the sorts of things one can achieve and you have like a sense of how you will achieve it. And by doing so, you know, you're building that self-trust. You're becoming the person who does what they set out to do, uh, which, is, which is excellent. Yeah. Um, I think there's like that, it, 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 building self-trust is, is such a difficult thing. I mean, we've talked about this before. Knowing that you're the kind of person that can follow through on something is so empowering. I think I see this is something I struggle with too. I end up in these kind of situations where it's like, well, 
often what stops an action or a decision or a commitment, you know, you talked about starting a company, going towards building something that you could sell. Often what stops this is a lack of self-trust, right? And I think that if, if somebody told me, look, if you did this, if you followed this system for a year, you would have a terrible, it would be a very hard year, let's say, but I can guarantee you'd have success at the end. You know, how many choices would I make differently? My life would probably look quite a bit different, to be honest. I would probably make a lot of more commitments, take a lot more, because it wouldn't be risk, I guess. It would just mm -hmm. be sacrifice. But when you lack self-trust, there becomes a lot more risk because it becomes, well, what happens if I make this sacrifice, I don't follow through, and then I have the sacrifice without the reward. And A, if that, if that situation happens, it's just a really upsetting situation. You just, you just did get risk. But B, it often stops you before you can even start. Because you don't, I don't know if I'm the kind of person that can follow through. And because I don't know that, I'm not going to take on the risk of the sacrifice at the start. So I feel like, I feel like that's a, if you can, if you have that and you're able to get over that hill, something I'm still working on. It's such a, it's such a motivating factor. When you say, no, I know I can do this. I know I can take this on and stick to it. And then it really reframes uh, the risk and the sacrifice that it entails. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, and I suppose another important clarification here is when you're thinking about establishing that self-trust, you know, what are you trusting on the stoic picture? It's that you'll make specific decisions, that you'll manage your judgments well, you'll manage your impressions well. It's not tying your conception of yourself to the outcomes as much as it is knowing truly that you've, you know, done your best in uh, whatever you've set out to do and, sh you know, showing that in, in the decisions you've made in, in that track record while realizing that, of course, you know, even the best, even the best players sometimes lose, even the, uh, people who do their best sometimes don't succeed. And that's, uh, an outcome of the fact that we don't completely control the yeah. external world. The external world is not, not our own. What's our own, our judgments and decisions, how we use our attention. Uh, I mean, so that I think there's a, that central point as well. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's. I mean, I think that's great. I think the thing in stoicism is that there's still outcomes. The outcomes are just your character, right? So you don't want to do all this work and then be the kind of person that can't navigate impressions well, and be the kind of person that can't follow through on what you commit to, be the kind of person that maybe set a goal that doesn't suit your telos to begin with. So you find yourself at odds with what you've set for yourself. There is just a kind of, I don't know if, if it's the discovering that that is the painful part or setting yourself up for failure, but there is still endeavors that go well and poorly even when we, or for better, or for worse, even when we set the goal as an internal goal, because there's endeavors that support internal development and then, I don't know, fall apart or, or mm -hmm. don't, don't, uh, don't facilitate internal development. Right, right. Awesome. All right. So the other point, I think point that's essential for setting New Year's resolutions well is keeping stoic principles in mind. And I think some of the principles that are essential when it comes to thinking about New Year's resolutions, are of course, realization that we are mortal, life is short. And I think that should always grant some amount of gratitude. That should always help us be more grateful for what we have, what we can experience, and also, in a sense, cause some amount of urgency. You know, our, our life is short. We cannot set off everything that we'd like to do to tomorrow because eventually there will be no such thing. That's one key stoic principle. Another key uh, essential stoic principle here is the thought that we play a role in a bigger story. That's a view from above. Uh, you can tie this to role ethics as well. You know, we're uh, one human and a set of millions that happen to live in our city, uh, an even larger number that happen to live in one's nation and an even larger number on the earth. And then of course you can keep in t the perspective of deep time, uh, in mind as well. And I think that can help one focus on what, what's truly important in the situation while letting the trivial fall away. Um, and then an another principle here that I think is uh, crucial is the thought that it's, it's stoic value theory you know indifference they're neither good 
or bad in and of themselves. What matters is how we use them. I think that goes back to thinking about setting New Year's resolutions. What's it? What are you going to resolve to do? And are some of these goals uh, that's something that supports what's ultimately good, building an excellent character, or are they perhaps, uh, as indeed many many are, just the results of overvaluing indifference, perhaps? And uh, uh, I, th- I think those are those are three that, that come to mind. What's your reaction on those three, or do you think there do you think there are other other principles people? Yeah, I mean, I think. I think the indifferent point is is really important because um, what we don't want to say is we don't want to say, look, you can't make plans about indifference. I think often when you make a year plan, it might be something like, well, I'm going to get promoted at work or I'm going to build my business from this size to this size or I'm going to, um, you know, get better at guitar. Like often we make our, our plans around indifference and I think that's fine. I think it just connects back to that point we're making earlier about your telos, right? If you set a you set a goal that has to do with your character. What kind of person are you going to be? And then you make a plan around indifference that service that goal or motivate that goal. And the same thing with your role. The role isn't, I'm going to make this much money at work. That's not, that's not how you fulfill your role as a coworker. It's more, I'm going to be the kind of person that approaches business in this kind of way or approaches my work life in this kind of way. I'm, 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 going to be the most loved uh brother or you know family member it is i'm going to be the kind of person that that you know that acts as a brother in these kind of ways for example and then then after that then you can get these you can get into the indifference but the indifferent goals are always servicing that higher goal right always servicing mm-hmm. that telos and that character goal so I, you know because i think there's a tension here right we talked a lot about particularity but then if you go in and you say my goal is to be a better person about as vague as you can get, right? I mean, right, not right. as vague as you could get. It's a, still a target, but it's a vague target. So it's like, how do you build particularity into that? Well, you 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 go a couple layers deeper, but it's everything always kind of pyramids up to that end, to that top point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you always have that connection from the, you know, those 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 day by day actions to that larger picture of you know, this is who, who you ultimately are, who you want to be. So then, how do, how, do, how do these points fit in with um, how you think about planning? I know you mentioned you don't do New Year's resolutions. So how, how, do, how does they show up for you? Yeah, I would say in terms of my personal goal setting, I mean, I, I really, really try not to set indifferent goals as the end goal. I mean, that's just beginning back to the point. That's, that's when you really, you know, you really get frustrated and that's also when you talk about we again we talked about the start about this all or nothing mentality, right? If your mentality if your mentality is like I'm going to eat a certain way, that's a claim about indifference. And then once you don't do that, well, I've already I've already lost. I have no I have no more reason to stick to this goal. If it's and and that's why people fall apart. But if your goal is I'm going to be I'm going to demonstrate self control. This is something that I have trouble with self control with. This is where I'm going to build that self-control. If you make a mistake, you, you, you haven't failed your goal yet. Your goal is still the exact same. You still have another opportunity to reach that goal. So I think that's really, really important to keep in mind is that the, the indifferent techniques and strategies and those particular, those are ways of achieving that, that bigger goal, whether that's stoic virtue, one of your roles or your overall telos. I think that's really mm-hmm. important. The other part with life is short is just for me, a kind of a, a um, it's a motivation for living intentionally, especially now that I'm out of school. When I was in school, there was kind of always a next goal, next goal, next goal. There was this kind of seasonality to life. And now that I'm working full time, uh, I can really see how the years can kind of, they can go by quickly. And I think it's, it's important to live an examined life as we talked about. And I think one of the great ways to motivate that is a, is memento mori, is an appreciation of the fact of death both uh you know when you're 80 but also earlier potentially as well right um and so i i i'm really conscious uh, of being you know if i was to get cancer and die is this the kind of would i be in my deathbed being like well i, I i'm happy with the way that i lived or would i feel like i betrayed 
my real self when I feel like I was too afraid to pursue the things I wanted to pursue. And I'm really, I, I, I've, I've been actively doing that visualization. And I think fortunately it doesn't modify my plans too much. I think I have the life I want to live, but it, it's a, it's a good constant check and motivation to keep that planning up. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I think for, for me, Memento Mori also brings to brings the importance of focus front and center. Uh, I, I can be some, somewhat impulsive, just have particular ideas that don't sound terrible for a new app or new business, or I have an idea about some intellectual field I want to you know, read all about. And there's always that reminder of you know, how does this fit in with the rest of what I'm trying to do, my existing life? Is it a momentary interest? Is it the kind of thing that I think I need to be working on, take on as part of the story of my life? Or is this just a normal kind of uh, impulsiveness, a normal curiosity that emerged and then will will disappear after a few weeks? Uh, and there's, I think Memento Mori is a, a useful way to, clear, to bring in that larger perspective and also the, the seriousness of of you know taking on taking on particular particular tasks you know Seneca Seneca is always knocking readers who are broad but not deep they go from task to task I always feel like he's speaking to people like me when he says uh, <laughs> when he's writing like that but uh uh and the, yeah, the memento mori is one of those tools to, to avoid falling into that trap so I, can you explain that a little bit more? So is the idea that like the fact that you will die makes it like where well, your time is short, so you need to go deep? Like how does how does the the death part of that? I understand the advice. Look, you got to be deep sometimes. You can't just be all breath. But what? How does the death aspect motivate that? Yeah, I guess there's the story. You know, I've got some existing set of projects, relationships, and if I take on a new interests, a new project, that's going to put those at risk to some extent. It's going to take my focus off of those projects. And then the question is, like, you know, do I want to live the life where I do that for these interests that have arisen? Do I want that sort of more broad, diverse, changing life? Or is it more important to ensure that, you know, I stay deep with whatever projects, relationships I happen to have. Um, and I think there's always a balance. And of course, to some extent, I am a generalist. And that demands some amount of breadth. But if I think about you know, the, the sin some people have towards either breadth or a kind of narrowness that sometimes comes with people who pursue depth, uh, I'm at risk of living the life that goes too broad, I think, where and I might be unhappy if I if I see that life, see it and how it would be realistically, as opposed to the uh life where one one's more deep. You can yeah. even take this in the in the intellectual case just to try and make it a little bit more concrete. There's a kind of reading approach where the, the one that Seneca critiques where you read a lot of big name philosophers, go through their books quickly, and you don't have as much retention or mastery over single core ideas as some people who say spend a year just reading the stoics as opposed to during doing a much larger tour of western philosophy and you know i think that you can uh, expand out from that simple example to to other domains and see how the trade-offs are being made i mean some great points i was thinking that this is the squirrel approach to i don't know life or intellectual pursuits is you get distracted by the next shiny thing that comes by but as you said there's a, there there's that kind of elation in the short term but then you need to kind of take a step back and say well if this is all i ever do what kind of life does that lead to and is that the one that i want yeah. um i think about this in terms of jiu-jitsu in terms of people who are like only ever blue belts and things blue belt jiu-jitsu is the first belt this is like kind of like a two to three years experience kind of an intermediate level and if you're only ever a blue belt in things, I think you might not realize the depth of learning that can take place past that level. 
if you're blue belt and everything, you might think, well, this is what it means to know something. But there's obviously a much deeper level than that. Um, or maybe not obviously, but but there is. Like I can speak to that in terms of the things that I do have depth in and you know, um fifteen plus years experience in is that 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 learning continues. I feel the same way about stoicism. I'm still every conversation we have learning new things about stoicism. And I I, I don't want to say one life is better than the other, but I think your your point is that you have a tendency if you don't reflect to move towards one and you have to use that reflection that planning to pull yourself back towards well maybe i'll maybe i'll stay on the same philosophy for a while so i can really get some depth out of it right right yeah absolutely yeah i think that, that's well put let's see if there's is there anything else you want to say on either these general ways of setting new year's resolutions or specific uh, stoic principles no i think i think that that i think we hit, hit it at the high level which is look this has to motivate action it can't be a procrastination or a way of getting around action or a way of placating yourself to say look how productive i am but i don't actually change my behavior it has to motivate action okay which actions well, the ones that contribute to these higher level goals, A, around your telos, your final end, the, your, your goal of all goals, and then B, your kind of rules that make up your life. And then you, you need to set realistic but particular targets around externals. I'm going to do X, you know, X number of times a week. I'm going to work out three times a week for every, all year except when I'm on vacation or something like this. But you recognize that that those particular goals around externals are just ways of motivating or improving your higher level targets. So, you know, if mm -hmm. you get really sick or you get injured and you can't exercise, well, okay, well, I want it to be more self-controlled. Exercise was the way to do that. Now that I'm injured, is there another way to do that besides exercise? I don't say, I don't throw out the baby with the bathwater or say, well, I, I didn't achieve my target, so I failed, right? And then these other stoic principles at the end about, remembering that life is short, remembering we have a role to play in a bigger story, and remembering that indifference are not good or bad. It's just how we make use of them. I think that that those things are, um, I really, I think they're things that you should keep in mind all the time, but they particularly help in terms of planning, especially as we said, the what you plan around those indifference and then why you plan around the shortness of life. Right, right. One quote that I love from Epictetus that's relevant here, is his line on habits. If you do not wish to be prone to anger, do not feed the habit. Give it nothing which may tend to its increase. At first, keep quiet and count the days when you are not angry. I used to be angry every day, then every other day, next every two, next every three days. And if you succeed in passing 30 days, sacrifice to the gods in thanksgiving. And I think you can see these different uh, Stoic principles in, in this quote, right? You have this thought on thinking about your character, part of your character, of course, managing one's emotions, decreasing anger. In this case, being realistic in what can be accomplished in that project. You know, at first, you just start with you know not being angry for a single day, then every other day, and so on. Uh, and that's one way in which you can, can build that self-trust, take advantage of succeeding, and you know, giving yourself evidence uh, that, you, that you are someone who is level-headed, not prone to outbursts of anger. I also like the part here, at first, keep quiet and count the days when you're not angry. There's something to be said there. We didn't really have time to, to hit on that, but that idea of keep quiet, Epictetus talks about this a lot, you know, if, if you if you want to, if you're practicing self control and you're working out on a hot day and you you know take a sip of water and spit it back out to show how tough you are, but like don't tell anybody about it, don't do it in front of anyone. And I think that speaks. We didn't really hit on it, but it speaks to you know not externalizing your goals. There's often this idea of like say your goals to somebody to hold yourself accountable, but then there's this also point we said where it's well it can't be procrastination, you can't be doing it for anything else but to motivate reason. If you write down your goal in your own notebook, only you can see it, and it still motivates action, well, then you, you, you're doing it right. 
you know mm-hmm. if you if you make a post on social media well maybe it was for the wrong reason you know yeah 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 maybe so uh yeah good point cool well one final note we wanted to end on is we are running our next cohorts of stoicism applied and that's going to get started on january 8th and you know we're mentioning it here because the purpose of that course is to refine some emotional change behavioral change targets with stoicism in mind and thinking about okay how can we use the philosophy of stoicism in a practical way to actually achieve that behavior transformation so i think it fits in well with what we want to be doing uh in the new year which is thinking about you know what are those changes how can one become more stoic and how can you master some of the essential parts of the theory put it into practice and do that with uh with others who are serious about engaging in the stoic project so you get some amount of accountability without that uh pressure to going be going public on on instagram or or that distraction of going going too public with with your success perhaps uh that you just mentioned michael um so do check that out stovemeditation.com slash course yeah anything else you want to add well i mean we just had a blast last time so we we uh uh our last cohort was a couple months ago and it was it was great it's uh just the community of of like-minded people there to learn about stoicism in a practical way an applied way wanting to implement it in their lives in a way that helps them and and Caleb, you and I, we've, we've built it in a way uh, where I think what you get out of it is something that we've talked about today, which is you get a, you, you, you clarify your, your goal, you clarify some things that you want to improve and then targeted specific ways to improve them. That's really what we have as the capstone project is a, a, a guide to changing and improving behavior based on these stoic principles and the, the ideas that we, we hit on over the course of the, uh, of the course. So for anyone listening, you made it to the end of this episode, you, you're, you're, you're interested in this kind of planning stuff, applying stoicism. I think you'd get a lot of value out of it. I know we, we'd love to, to see you, chat stoicism with you, especially if you've been listening to this show. Um, it'd be great to, to get to talk with you and brainstorm in person and have you as part of that community. So it's a good time. Really looking forward to it and hope you can join us as well. Yeah, yeah, I had a great time last cohort. Excited to keep on doing this. And then w- one other note, this course, we we did drop the, the price by $100, sort of like a New Year's type special type thing. So uh, do check it out and you know join us and let's become more stoic together. All right. Uh, that's our conversation on New Year's resolutions. Uh, let us know, uh, interested if there are any feedback in you know, how y'all think about setting New Year's resolutions yourself, uh, of course. So reach out to us anytime. And uh, anything else to add, Michael? No, thanks, Gil. Fun as always. Awesome. Till next time. Bye, all. <laughs>